Hello and welcome to the second episode of Which Money is Best? Today's guest is Cameron Parry of Tally Money. And as far as I can tell, he believes that the best form of money is a stick cut in half. Cameron, have I got that right? Uh, no, you haven't quite got that right, Nick. Um, thanks for having us and uh, it's great to be here. Um, but yeah, I'll be happy to explain what Tally actually is. <laughs> well, I'd better explain where the, where the, the joke comes from then because Tally sticks were a form of money a long time ago. And just because we're, we're talking about the, the nature of money and what form of money is best, why don't you tell us about the history of tally sticks? Uh, well, tally sticks, uh, which are a thing, have been used for, for beyond centuries, but they, um, I suppose, more relevant to us was in medieval Europe, um, where people could record a debit and a credit uh, by marking a, a hazardwood stick. <clears throat> and uh, and then they'd split the stick vertically and you'd actually walk around with, you know, who owes you what for your goods and service. Um, and it, that's a form of banking, <clears throat> excuse me. And that's, a, you know, that's just a, a good physical form of banking uh, to record debits and credits. Um, it's actually, uh, all of that's kind of irrelevant to Tally and the reason why I came up with the name Tally for what we're doing um, was a bit different. First of all, when, when when designing an, old, an alternative to banking, fractional reserve fiat currency banking, uh, to come up with an alternative to debt-based money, which is what fiat currency uh, is, um, I, wanted, uh, I wanted something that was um, a product name that was not all doom and gloom and that we're fa facing a financial crisis and you better do this or, you know, the world's on fire. Um, and indeed, with Tally, you know, our view is that um, start using Tally and for a lot of people, that thing you weren't worried about when it comes to your money, you can keep not worrying about it. You know, you're, you're empowered, you're, you're free, really, uh, to go forth and be as productive as you can be because nobody's undermining the value of your money, you know, behind you as you sort of move forward in life. Um, and so Tally was a short, happy name. It was a real word and we're dealing in real money and fiat currency is a, a very artificial form of money. It's certainly an artificial store of value, which is why it's not a good store of value. Um, so I wanted a real word. Um, because money is omnipresent in our daily lives, um, you know, I liken it and why people, not so much your listeners I would expect, Nick, but most people in society don't really think about the concept of money, how they're holding their money. Is a savings account at your bank uh, just another form of investment account? And that is one way to look at it. But of course, when people think about money, they, they think about something that they can uh, exchange freely and immediately for goods and services as they go about their lives. And there's multiple touch points a day that we're all using money. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, so basically, Tally uh, as a word, it's also a word that means uh, a single, a singular and, and a group of many. So it has a singular and a plural uh, part to it. It's a verb and a noun. Um, and, uh, and tally is a way of keeping a score, keeping a record. And obviously you want to do that with your money. Um, even though we don't work in credit, uh, you definitely want to record what money you have uh, or you want us to. Um, and so that was it really, yeah. And it, was, uh, and it was used in the English vernacular and we came up with this and, and started developing this in, in that historical financial hub of the world called London and, uh, and it is a great fintech hub of the world currently. Yeah, and we're going to dig into how Tally actually works and, and the fact that 
you're using gold, but solving a lot of the problems that are associated with gold, which actually John Butler alluded to in the, in the previous video. But you touched on something which I think is the, the idea behind tally, and that is whether your, your money is an asset or a liability. So gold obviously is an asset. So if, if, if your money is gold, then what you're exchanging with someone else when you're paying with them or being paid in gold is an asset, something of value. Whereas a, a tally stick originally, but also fiat money today is a liability. It is an expression of owing someone to something, uh, something to someone. Can you explain that distinction a bit more? Because it's only when people realize that, that they realize the need for what tally money really does. Yeah, um, so a good example of a fiat currency being created by credit is the fact that when you deposit money with your bank, they pay you interest. They don't pay you much interest, but they pay you interest. If you ever see interest getting paid as a return in anything, there's a loan going on. Um, so you lend your money to the bank. Uh, they then create more money, digital, digitally create more money off the back of this, and they use it as the fractional reserve, um, thus the term fractional reserve banking, the fractional reserve of security against the new money that's been created and that's now lent out from a bank's point of view, lent out to borrowers in the system. Um, and um, with, with something like gold, and we thought, uh, you know, gave a lot of consideration. Initially, I was trying to design a better form of money. It does need to be accountable to something and it need, and for, for that, you really need something um, that's physical, that's easily understood. Uh, that's, that's relatively efficient to store and move and to purchase uh, because we have to run our own treasury around uh, gold to, to be able to issue tally to our customers. Um, so, um, yeah, but basically you're exchanging an asset for goods and services rather than uh, a loan note, a credit note. And, and that's fiat currency is that yep. debt-based money created through credit. Um, and I suppose an example of that is, um, or one I think I, I saw once, um, you know, if you went to a bar and, and paid with anything, but if you paid for a drink, that's one way of doing it. But if you opened up a tab, all of a sudden you've got a good or a service, but there's a credit arrangement that's gone on. And in fact, money as credit has just been created instantly uh, and without any anchor. So one of the big things with Tally that we were trying to address was, um, having accountability to the money supply, like whatever we thought our money supply should be based on. It needs to be anchored to something that makes it accountable uh, so that we can't arbitrarily expand our money supply. Just, uh, you know, that'd, that'd make our system as corruptible as the fiat currency system. Um, it's not to say everybody's corrupt in the fiat currency system, but if you have corruptible systems, people will gain game these over, over time. They'll figure them out. Um, and so, yeah, it's really important to have tangible accountability when you're dealing with money. And certainly I want that with my money that I use day to day or that I save up for years. So obviously I'm a tally customer, which would probably be strange if I wasn't. You're not a banker. That's the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the real angle. You are a tally customer, but not a banker. And the fact that those things could not be more different. Uh, to me, the, the easiest example is just when you spend money on your credit card, that money doesn't come from somewhere. That money is created in the act of spending because it is an expression of owing something. And what makes this especially interesting to, to macroeconomists is the idea that when money is, is an expression of IOU, like a, a tab at a bar or a credit card expenditure, that money disappears 
when it's when it's paid off, which means the money supply is deeply unstable, and and so you have these you know, big credit waves, credit cycles, which cause uh, cause booms and busts in the economy. Uh, but let's move on to how tally money actually does what what you're claiming it does. How does it work? Yeah, um, well, all those things you're touching on are really important to understand if you're going to design this type of thing. But um, one thing. Um, with tally, we try and keep it simple because most people don't have time to get caught up in really the intricacies of the concept of money and the history of money and how it, uh, you know, and how it plays out and, and, and things like Bitcoin and what characteristics they were designed to address and, and what came before that and all this. Um, guys like you and I have to do that, but uh, you know, it's so that actually uh, people can just get to the, uh, the the bottom line of how it affects or works for them. So uh, with tally, every unit of tally is a milligram of gold. When people deposit tally into a tally account, so so we issue individual accounts. They're not an omnibus account. It's not a pooled account. You get your own uh, you know account name uh, and account number and the sort code. It seamlessly connects with your other um, with with a you know a bank account that you may have. But this is not an account with fiat currency. This is an account with tally. And as I say, every unit of tally is a milligram of gold that is vaulted on your behalf. Uh, we are just a custodian. Your asset does not appear on our balance sheet. We vaulted on behalf of customers in Switzerland, which is the um, the global central hub for trading physical gold. Um, so it's nice and efficient there. Um, we do that at the rate of uh, one kilo bars of, of refined gold, uh, uh, four nines refined gold, that is all LBMA accredited. So it's ethically sourced and um, uh, you know and, and verified and this type of thing. Um, and so that's a really good effects rate to get if you're coming out of a uh, fiat currency into gold. Um, you know, you, you don't get that if you're just spending 50 pounds or, or depositing 100 pounds or, or whatever you might be doing with your money. But, um, but this, you know, more than just being an alternative uh, to a bank account, it is, it is an alternative to banking. You are no longer caught up in the current fiat currency system. Your money is held uh, as something that um, is insulated from that. It's certainly insulated from the effect of inflation on fiat currency. Um, and you are dealing in an asset, asset-based money. And a few things we were trying to address in the design of uh, money um, was to take away inflation risk, was to take away bank lending risk, which again, we don't lend out, leverage up, uh, invest, or do any, any of this stuff with tally. Again, it's your asset. And why shouldn't it be? You earn the money. You know, why should somebody else then be playing around with that for their benefit? And in most cases, unbeknownst to the depositor. Um, we wanted to take out um, debt default contagion risk. So you do that by not having any debt in the system uh, and not having it uh, uh, you know, inextricably tied to other banks. So if one bank goes, you know, this whole too big to fail thing is just ridiculous. It's um, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, is what common sense tells you. And um, the market and, and consumer appetite and all that will eventually win, not, not, in a, not an established institution, uh, which history shows us. So, um, uh, so we wanted to get rid of debt default contagion risk. Um, we wanted to get rid of counterparty risk as much as possible, which is one of those uh, really, um, uh, not vague, but one of those, those risks that people really don't feel. It's a very uh, vague thing for them. Um, so um, uh, by, by having direct ownership of your money, so you're not giving it to us and then we're, and then we're giving you some other form of security, um, that is yours. Every tally is your legal title to the gold. 
that you hold. Um, the only, um, so getting rid of counterparty risk was important. The only risk that we can't really remove is FX risk. And that is that when you deposit some money into Tally, um, the gold buy and sell price will be whatever it is in the market at the time. It is possible that when you wanna sell, um, when you wanna spend some of your Tally, um, the, the price of gold may have gone down a little bit against the pound. Now, over time, it goes up, it's proven to go up, and it goes up quite dramatically. So um, it generally, um, the gold price averages seven or eight percent as an annual increase against, against the major fiat currencies, and of course, a lot more against uh, the lesser fiat currencies. Um, but, you know, what's interesting now, we've been developing this for a few years, and, and it's only available in the UK, so uh, apologies to any listeners in other jurisdictions, but we will, we will be looking to roll this out globally. Um, but in the UK is our, is our um, you know, has been our sandbox, is our test bed for all this. Um, so, um, yeah, the, that, that's what it is there, the risks it takes care of. And this is important to people because, mainly because of inflation, they're really seeing inflation officially be with them now. Of course, when inflation is lower, officially um, we still know that things go up in price so it's not like inflation doesn't exist um, and inflation even the word inflation I mean to inflate something is to expand it I mean that that's where the term comes from so um, expanding the money supply through quantitative easing through always um, having governments having to catch up because they're over promising to get elected and then they need to overspend more than they have uh, this is why our money supply continues to get inflated and the value of our individual units of money get inflated away. Let's quickly turn back to how tally money is used. So you, you issue, I believe it's a MasterCard, correct? And people just spend it as they would for any other form of, of uh, credit card or debit card. It must be debit, yeah, must they, be debit card. They, they get their individual account with IBAN, which is an international bank account number. You get a, a MasterCard uh, debit card linked to that, to that account. So it's not a prepaid card or anything like this. And it works just like um, any other foreign currency you might have, you know, you might have as a bank account. Um, I could have a, a UK account that's denominated in US dollars uh, if I wanted to do that. It would work the same. But what we took out of the equation of that was we wanted real-time transactions so people could budget and, you know, effectively with it. We wanted, um, um, what else do we want there? Real-time transactions. Um, yeah, so money moves in and out and there's no delays um, unless they're international uh, payments. Um, but if you're using it locally, we didn't want any international transaction fees and we don't charge transaction fees because otherwise people wouldn't use it as an alternative to their local fiat currency, which is what this is designed to be. Um, you can save in it, obviously. It's good for saving because fiat currency, there's no healthy environment for savers in that, in that uh, situation. But it is uh, designed as uh, spendable money. You know, it's money you can live in. So you can now step out of this system that is actually designed to work against you. I mean, this is sadly, it's just the truth of it as I discovered this. That's really what agitated me to do something about it. Um, you know, it's a system that works to protect and benefit the banks, not the not the depositor or the saver. So we've designed a system that protects and benefits the depositor instead of the financial institution. Um, and yeah, it's money you can live in. You can. It, it's an alternative is here. It's a mainstream alternative. Uh, I don't think uh, Bitcoin 
you know, provides that yet. I think they're still five or 10 years away maybe. And I, I say that as a, the co-founder of a, a company that became the world's first blockchain industry company to successfully IPO on a recognized stock exchange. So I was in that for a couple of years, back in 2014, 15 and into 16. It's not the answer for mass adoption and, and to give most people um, you know, a very familiar way of using money, but the money itself is a superior product. Yeah, gold's a lot more relatable to people. Um, my next question was going to be, what are the problems that it solves? But we've discussed that at length. I would sum that up by saying that it's either solving the problem of too much inflation, where your fiat money is being devalued, or it's solving the problem of counterparty risk of banks defaulting or some other institution defaulting on you because it's not an asset you're dealing with when you're dealing with money, it's a liability. Let's move on to, to the downsides of tally money. Uh, because that's part of the discussion for each of the different videos we're going to do where we ask what is the, the best form of money. So I mean, you might be the wrong person to ask this, but what do you see as the downsides to using tally money uh, as an alternative to all the different forms of money that are out there? Tallies are no brainer to use, except for the fact that on any given day, my tally compared to my local fiat currency can actually um, have an uh, equivalent less local fiat currency value. So if the pound strengthens a little bit against gold and I had my money, my salary paid into my tally account and by the time I'm paying you know, rent or a bill or whatever it is two weeks later, um, my purchasing power has gone down slightly in that. Um, you'll always get foreign currencies moving around each other though and the probability is that it will have gone up um, but it can go down and you know that that fear of loss uh, is bigger than uh, the emotional gain you have when you have a bit of a win uh, So it is in investing um, But over time you're always better off uh, by value um, and um, And it's not just that like I if you can afford just to allow for that little bit of fluctuation that you're not just living hand-to-mouth um, you are constantly protected in that system because your money is anchored by an asset. It actually represents your ownership of an asset. You have zero exposure, which is a constant threat. Um, it doesn't manifest too often, but it is a constant threat out there with counterparty risk, with debt default contagion risk, um, with, with risky bank lending practices. And one of the things that, again, you know, sort of motivated me to do something about this, um, and, and as you say, I'm not a banker, but I, so I've designed this just leaning on common sense. You know, what money, I mean, I have a fair bit of knowledge about the concept of money and what it should be doing. And, and also there was quite a difference between what we think our money should be or be doing for us and what money actually is and what it does for us or does against us, uh, as, as sadly is the case with the, with the fractional reserve banking system. So, um, yeah, so we were, we've removed all those risks, but the downside is that you could be, you could have tally and then, um, you know, you had a thousand pounds of tally, a thousand pounds was deposited in, but when you come to spend it, it might be, you know, 20 pounds less or something and, and that would be annoying. But as I say, over time, you're better off and you're constantly better off anyway um, because of the protections it affords, um, the access you always have to your money, the legal control you have over your money. And, um, and uh, you know, occasionally pretty bad things happen like global financial crisis, crises or runs on the bank, all these type of things. You don't want to have your access to your money blocked. So, but yeah, it's, it's the FX bit. That's the one risk we can't, we haven't removed. 
when people sign up to Fortune and Freedom, the financial newsletter behind this video, one of the first emails they all get in what we call a gauntlet. So it's a, the series of emails that all new joiners get talks about counterparty risk and why people should go on to their own gold standard. And this is a as far as I can tell, a better option than just buying some gold and gold coins because you, you don't have that loss of link between you know, your spending money and, and your gold savings. Um, Cameron, I really want to ask you this question. It's not entirely relevant uh, to tally money. So why don't you tell us how people should get uh, involved in tally money if they're interested, where they can learn more before I ask you about whether this is a return to free banking. Um, yes, well, first of all, um, we're on the uh, App Store and the Google Play Store here in the UK. You do have to be a UK resident to, um, to open up an Italian account. Um, we've put that restriction on ourselves. It was, you know, as, as they say in fintech or in many things, you know, building foundations isn't sexy, but if you want to be here for the long haul, you need to be building this up. And, you know, I would have loved to have been speaking about this issue earlier, but I really wanted to come at this with a solution first. Um, there's a, you know, a lot of people are aware of this problem in fractional reserve fiat currency banking and, and it's been discussed for many years, but I, I really wanted to come to the conversation with a, with a solution, which should suit many, many people, but I don't expect it's going to suit everybody. Um, but yeah, as, as you were, um, anyway, that's it. You go to the app store. When you're in the app, you order your card. Um, you activate your account, you know, you do this and then you're away. It's like any other bank account. It operates like any other bank account, except it's not denominated in fiat currency. It's not protected by the financial services compensation scheme either because it just doesn't apply. Um, your money is protected because you have a real asset there and that's protected by various things we have set up and in insurance and security trustee arrangements if, if we, you know, ever went out of business um, because you've, Again, it's the customers earned the money. They should be entitled to all of it and not have somebody else using it for their own means. So let's turn to, uh, I guess this is going to be a bit of a warm up for an upcoming interview that I've got planned with George Selgin about free banking, uh, which is the idea that governments are not actually necessarily the issuers of money and that you can have competing forms of money uh, in a society. And, and I see you uh, as one of the various people that are, I guess, relaunching the era of free banking. So you've, you're focusing on gold. Sounds like you focused on blockchain as well in the past, uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies. These are all examples of, it seems like there's a, a boom of, of issuers of new forms of money. They're all doing things that are slightly different and they're all trying to compete with the government. So is that how people in the industry see it? Is that how you see it? Yeah, I certainly see tally as that. Cryptos are a bit different and they're going to they face their own problems in having acceptance or, or achieving mass adoption, which are, there's certain things in the design of tally, which I, um, you know, used um, some of the characteristics of Bitcoin and protocols around the Bitcoin blockchain without, um, and we're not decentralized, by the way, we can't be because the gold's got to exist before we can issue tally. It's got to be with us and in our control. Um, but, um, but there are some, some things that will stop that. So Tally is definitely um, designed to compete with the local fiat currency, in our case here in the UK, pounds. Um, you know, and, and part of that was the fiat currency system as we know it has been going for 50 years and there's been no innovation in that product. So firstly, in a free market society, competition 
should be a welcome thing. Competition really drives uh, better outcomes for consumers. But I can't think of any other industry which one doesn't have any competition and two has, has a product that's 50 years old and there's been no innovation on it. So, you know, that in itself is, is kind of, a, a, you know, just like a nonsense thing, a weird thing uh, that, that exists. So um, we're definitely there to compete with fiat. I think cryptos as a speculative investment, um, it's maturing and it's a sort of a speculative investment period it's going through now. Um, I think uh, I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin will get there. Um, there's lots of cryptos do different things and some cryptos don't do what they probably promote that they do. So some to stay away from as well. But but as far as, um, you know, one of the things I was trying to do was have um, a form of money that, and I would say this. So first of all, we're the world's first to issue individual IBANs for accounts denominated in a currency that's not issued by a government. So we're the world first on that, which is a nice little claim to fame. Um, but I also wanted to, but I would also say that we, in a tally account, you have the most easily, easy to understand form of money in, in any sort of uh, account or bank account in the world. And that is because every other one has fiat currency. And this is the most easy, understand, um, easy to understand form of money as far as how does it drive its value. And so I think Tally is a massive tick of that box too. Um, one thing with Tally, and I'll kind of make this distinction, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a, a gold investment account. You can use it for that. I mean, use it how you want. We believe in people making their own decisions. But as I was saying earlier, when people save money in their bank account, they don't look at it as an investment account for fiat currency. Because if they looked at it that way, they go, why would I stick my savings in this poor performing asset? So if you want to think of Tally as an investment account, by all means do, but make sure you, you do appreciate, judge a fiat currency account by the same rules. That is just an investing in fiat currency account. Um, so, you know, what, what, I, what I don't know, and I mean, nobody knows, um, gold goes up over time, we do know that. Um, how much will it go up? Should I put my free money, if you like, my excess money uh, out of fiat currency, but should I put it in tally, which is gonna move with gold? Should I put it in a Bitcoin, which is gonna move with different different things? Should I put it into the stock market? Should I even buy you know, um, government issued bonds? All this stuff. Um, they're investment questions. Tally addresses a problem that is right now, and it's immediate, and it continues to address it. And the problem is we are getting, um, the whole banking system is working against us as depositors and savers. It's working to our detriment, um, you know, and, and it breaks a social contract in, to, for my mind. If I give 100% of my energy and labor and 100% of my time and my sacrifice away from my family, just because I don't want to spend my earnings the day after I get it, doesn't mean that someone should have the right or, or should be bleeding the value of it away. You know, why should my, you know, if I earn a hundred pounds today, uh, giving 100% of my, my time and effort, why should that only be worth 90% of that in two years from now? Um, that, you know, that, that just doesn't sit well with me. So this was, again, Tally ultimately was, uh, because I wasn't happy with the money I was being forced to use just because there was a monopoly in it, or there wasn't any mainstream choice. And uh, as I say, I've designed Tally so that it's, it is a new thing, but it's in a nice familiar environment. You don't have to change the way you operate with your money, but you can use a far superior form of money. 
And indeed ours has to be far superior because we don't have the brand power of uh, putting the Queen's face on any of our, uh, any of our sort of uh, promotional stuff. I wouldn't call that brand power. I'd call that coercion, but let's not go there. So it seems to me like... So traditional like uh, comfort. Between... <laughs> people now have the choice between their money being denominated in an IOU from a banker or the government, depending on how you see things, or having it in gold. And I hope that uh, all the people who've, who've been reading Fortune and Freedom and watching these videos, un, you know, who are thinking, oh, gold's a great investment, gold's a great investment, wake up to the idea of what you just pointed out at the end there, that this is about having gold as money, not just gold investments. Cameron, thanks for joining us. And to everyone at home, thanks for watching. Thanks, Dick.